Who thought accounting could be cool? Here we go. Join Andrew Wall and Brad Solman. Our mission, make accounting fun. Follow us as we chat with amazing guests every Friday. Are you ready? Woohoo! Woohoo! Are we ready? We're... Oh, there she I is! Don't know. Are we ready? I... Down to Where'd the Where'd she line. come from? How did that happen? That was magic. She's not, not only from the future, but she's magic. Yeah, she's magic. We were getting worried that we weren't going to have our special guest tonight because she dialed in. Had some audio issues, dialed back out, and we were getting nervous. We're like, okay, we're going to go live. I'm sure she'll get back in. Uh, yeah, but yeah. For those of you who don't know. Um, who doesn't got, know Lila? She's world famous. World famous, top 50 small business advisor, uh, top 100 pro advisor. Um, firm you know, of the future, champion of, future, of Australia. Selfie queen. Selfie <laughs> what queen. other titles do you have? Front row with uh, at, at Connect with you and me. Yeah, I think that's the highlight of my career. That, that yeah. was like the, I think that was the last time we hung out that year, wasn't it? it when was. we got to hang out with Suzanne and Brad Smith. And Yeah, what year was that? I was trying to do the maths. It was uh, 2018. No. I think. I wow. think it was. Doesn't everything pre-COVID feel like yeah. a long time ago? It's it just like, it, yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, someone says to me 2019, and I go, what? That's like from another Yeah, that was era. pre-pandemic. <laughs> yeah, and I just feel like uh, we're in, it was another era. Um, but it wasn't. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess we've lost that whole face-to-face -face connection. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm wearing my uh, my hat in, in tribute. Well, look what I'm drinking out of in tribute. <laughs> I feel like the only one who's yeah, not cleaned out tonight. I don't... I, I... <laughs> I have no there you go. gear at all. Oh, no. <laughs> and both of you, I have to say, have disappeared. Like I can yeah. just see you on the screen. I'm talking about your transformation. Yeah. Well, I, I like to I like to brag about our combined weight loss because Brad's definitely lost a little bit more than me. But uh... I started it, but Andrew and you kind of fall. I had the funniest run in today. It was kind of bizarre. I was um going out for a walk and I go out through my garage into the alley and there was a car there just parked right there and I'm like what's that all about and they roll down the window and they go hello Brad and I'm like what are these people <laughs> I, I hadn't seen them in eight years they're old neighbors and they just happen to be back in town Andrew they live in Ontario and they just happen to be back in town <laughs> no idea and there they were and they didn't know it was me <laughs> they said Brad is, is that you <laughs> <laughs> but who are you people this is bob and Teresa. it was funny it was funny when someone hasn't seen you in a while but yeah it's just yeah. something uh, uh the pandemic you know some people go one way and i decided to go the other way and then uh, peer pressure worked on andrew and here we are combined mm -hmm. weight of uh, what have we lost andrew 200 well i'm i'm about 73 you're what there you go 100 and something so we're yeah, we're just close. We've lost yeah. a Lillette, at least, <laughs> and then some. <laughs> wow, but you must feel like mentally so much better. Like, forget the physical aspect. It's it's the mental. I think when you, even when I lose a couple of kilos, I feel like, oh, I can take on the world. You know, <laughs> I do like, feel sharper. I do. I, I've noticed that. I'm yeah, just, and, definitely and just more confident. Like you know, more on my game. Yeah. Um, you know maybe a tad bit more aggressive. <laughs> but yeah, I do. I've, I noticed it, uh, you know, in my work as well, for sure. So it's, it's definitely a whole life impact. And, you know, it's it, when I was, when I was heavy, you know, I, there was a million excuses out there. Um, and I was like, ah, no, that's all bullshit. It's, you know, it's not going to make a big difference in my mind. I'm just as sharp when I'm overweight. But uh, like, for me, I was just like, I, I, my energy level has catapulted um yeah. like now i can't sit still like if I, yeah like, that's like me too i don't like sitting for long um andrew and i both use apple watches so they they nag you to stand up and i don't oh, yeah but i ignore mine <laughs> <laughs> i used to um the one thing that i wish that i could do though on a regular basis was go to conferences because as much as i love conferences my feet were killing me at the end of the day because it's just i wasn't used to being on my feet and now you now, can handle it it's like 
Oh, I could, I could, I could, I could stay probably 20 hours on my feet nonstop and barely sitting down. In fact, I don't even like to sit down. And I was thinking, I'd love to, I'm in conference shape, best conference shape in my life. And And you wouldn't need to to knock over an old lady to get front row seats this year. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no way. Andrew, I would be the one. Yeah. I, I can definitely run faster now. So yeah, we would, we would definitely be up front in those black leather couches that we love so much. And then the Australians would just show up and go, hi, can we sit with you guys? <laughs> but that <laughs> was, was an amazing year. And to be yeah. honest, I mean, hanging out with Cesaren was fun, but I had a lot more fun hanging out with you, eating Tim Tams and drinking Foster's yes. beer with you and Credo at, at the bar after it's shut down. That That's when the yeah. fun comes out. I definitely yeah. miss the Aussies when you guys weren't there in that last year. I mean, Clayton was uh, speaking, so he was there, but he was lonely without the rest of his yeah. career. We miss you guys. Yeah, it's not the same, is it? I think the no. Australians just bring out the- oh, You're from the future. Like you guys never sleep. <laughs> no, we, we just bring out the- uh, And also, don't forget, you know, there's a bunch of us that we're on like a junket, you know. We're, we're there to learn as well. But at the end of the day, let's not, you know, it's, it's a bit of a junket. And, you know, so we're making the most of it as well. So- um, we're on holidays. <laughs> yeah, and you're and because you're on a different time zone, you guys are up to like the wee hours oh, yeah. of the morning. Clayton and Diane were the worst influence, and you weren't much better, Lila. You we would yeah. often be up very late, very late, and you guys. Just, like, oh, no, the last trip, I no, I don't think so. I was always in. I I couldn't I couldn't stay awake. I would be there, but I'd be I'd be. You'd probably notice me on the on the lounge, just sitting there, almost half asleep. Yeah, but <laughs> with fact, your Tim Tams. <laughs> no, I, that were there for you guys to eat. <laughs> um, but I remember going to the Philippines even a couple of years ago um, to Toa conference there. I and that's the time difference isn't huge, but I could not keep my eyes open. I was in bed like. If I wasn't in my bed, I was asleep on the lounge while everyone was having a drink. <laughs> and, and speaking of two, I do want to get caught up because I think the last time I actually spoke to you, we, d- we did have a one virtual. We were talking about TOA and what you're doing. But I want to know, like, you're, you're winning all these awards. Things seem like they're, you know, still going like gangbusters for you. What have you been up to over the last two, three years? <laughs> I think I've been relatively quiet, like, compared to what I used to. Because of COVID, I haven't had a lot of... Um, you know, yeah. on stage speaking time, you know, conferences. But I have been doing a, a lot of webinars. Uh, last year, I was doing lots of speaking things. I was doing a lot of stuff for um, for QuickBooks as well, um, but not not in Australia, more so in the global sector. So, yeah, doing some presentations for them. Um, yeah, and and now I'm part of also. I, I took on a role with. Um, the Association of Accounting Technicians, which is part of the IPA group, the Institute of Public Accountants. So that's keeping me very busy, head down, um, putting, you know, working on on a new certification program for um, BAS agents, bookkeepers. Um, So, yeah, so that's been keeping me really busy up to the last module. So we are behind the eighth ball. So... We've got to fast track that and get that out there. So that's a that's you know a whole game changer for the industry here in Australia for base agents. So that's keeping me very busy so, as well. Yeah. Not to sound ignorant, what's a base agent? <laughs> well, a base agent. No, no, good question. Um, so you 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 know what a, a tax agent is? I mean, you guys. Was um, it like an EA in the US? Yeah. So an EA enrolled agent. You can do yes, enrolled agent. So you can do company tax returns. Okay. Okay. So we we call them registered tax agents here. A BAS agent, a registered BAS agent cannot do company tax returns, but can do the business activity statements, um, which is called your BAS. So uh, generally to be a tax agent, you've got to have higher qualifications. Okay. So even if you're a um, a, a CA or a CPA, you still need to uh, enroll to be a registered tax agent as well to do tax returns. Um, so BAS agents is another level, it's another qualification. So you can't be a registered BAS agent if you haven't done at least the minimum, what's called a certificate for in bookkeeping. So, um, and even if you've done say, like an advanced diploma, 
you did that many years ago, but if you haven't done the modules for BAS and payroll, you can't get your license as a registered BAS agent. So that's really interesting. So basically, they, people actually have to be qualified. <laughs> they actually be. Oh, yeah. In Australia. Imagine that. <laughs> you have to be qualified. You can be a bookkeeper, but you cannot charge for what's called BAS agent services. Um, it's against the law. We are, we are governed by what's called the Tax Practitioners Board. So BAS agents and tax agents fall under that. So it's pretty, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. So what um, are the what are the what like why why would you use a, like BAS reports but not do a tax filing? Like which scenario is that like for something for a bank or well, something like that? No, well every business that is uh, registered for GST. So you know you've got sales tax. Yeah, yeah, we have we GST have, here too. You've got GST, yeah. So GST. Uh, um, if you're on monthly or quarterly return, that has to be done, and it can only be done by a registered BAS agent or a registered tax agent. Okay. So, so if you, however, if you are an employee of a business, you can do it, but a contractor cannot do it. So that's where, and this is where a lot of BAS agents get really fed up with um, unregistered bookkeepers who are lodging BASs. Um, because they're not supposed to be, because we have gone through all the hoops and loops. I mean, mine's up for renewal now, and I've got to go in and do my renewal application every year. So it's, it, and you've got to consistently keep up the CPD hours as well. So right. it's 90 hours for a BAS agent, 120 wow. hours, yeah, and 120 hours for a tax agent. So that will, it's, it's changed from 40 to 90. It will be probably, yeah, so that's happening for BAS agents. So what that essentially um, tells us is that the BAS agent is now being recognised as someone in the industry that actually does have a lot of responsibility for small business and we need to make sure that they're keeping their training, their credentials and everything up to date. So we're jacking you up to 90 hours, which most of our people do anyway. Right, right. It's, it's not going to be a big deal and it's a transi transition period as well. Yeah, I blow my PD out of the water every year. Yeah. Uh, well, and and even in COVID, right? It's it's because they're all the virtual conferences and stuff like that. Um, but I, I assume that is there a, like a sort of like a research you have to do, or you just have to do the PD? No, there's no research that you have to do. Uh, but it's just it's it's PD, it's PD. Uh, for BAS agents. Yeah, there's there's no research uh, once you've got it. Um, yeah, you just got to keep up your CPD hours. But to get to a BAS agent, you've got to have like 1,400 um, hours under your sleeve that someone can sign off on to say, yes, you, you've done that. So this is where in Australia, yeah, our, the, the level of qualification is a lot higher than anywhere else. So what I'm working on is, is taking, so we've got, we've got the technical skills but what we're finding is a lot of these um, solo entrepreneur or you know solo business owners who, who run practices don't necessarily have the skills to take their business to the next level. And if COVID has shown us anything globally, is that it's not always the skills we have; it's actually it, it's how we can deal with clients and how we can work with them. So leave your skill set at the door that you need that to get in. But yeah, that's, that's just table stakes. That's just, that's just stuff. That's a given. Yeah. So we really want to start, you know, changing the way bookkeepers and BAS agents, and not just that, everyone in the industry, we actually really want them to know that if you really want to add value to your client, then these are the things you need to do and should be doing and need to be sharpening your skills on. You know your debits, your credits, you know your tax, you know your, your legislations. It's a given. And if you don't know it, you should go back and train on that or Google it because that's there. But what you can't Google is a lot of stuff that we try and impart and do through the modules and stuff and, and give real case scenarios, give them tools, checklists. So that's what we're trying to build out. That sounds really interesting. And with you guys being from the future, I guess that'll eventually be coming our way, right? Uh, well, it, there is um, the, the CEO of IPA, Andrew Conway. He's, this has been his dream for a very long time. This is, this is his baby. And it's, it's something that, yeah, he's been driving. And there's definitely interest overseas as well. So 
Well, yeah. the accounting industry in general in Australia is just more fun than it is in other places. You guys kind of pioneered cloud accounting and all the apps and there's so many great app companies and just the whole yeah. environment down there. And you've got so much passion and excitement. You've got your, your, your Matt paths of the world. I mean, Matt path doesn't exist anywhere else, but Australia. Really? And you don't have a Matt path. Okay. Well, yeah. we sort of have a Richard Ropa because the two of them went head to head in a, yeah. very, in a very smart different. guy competition. Yeah. But it was, yeah. Andrew and I just sat there and I, and I, I was talking to Clayton Oates the next day and I said, he said, oh, how was your night? And I said, oh, it was the most unusual evening we had. It, it ended at like four or five in the morning. That wasn't unusual. Yeah. But Matt and Richard went head to head and they were discussing things and it got like heated at times. <laughs> it got wow. a little emotional at times, but because you've got it was like watching a tennis match because it was yeah. back and forth and back and forth. So you kind of had Matt Paff, who's kind of like the, I don't know if you followed tennis, but maybe the John McEnroe, the brash in your face, tell it, tell it like it is. And then you've got Richard. Hey, the things other more, form, right? <laughs> and Richard's much more, you know, he's, he, he's much more cerebral and he thinks about what he's going to say next. And they were getting under each other's skin, but professionally. It was it was fun to watch. I didn't have a clue. They were talking about half the times and I was fascinated. But they both know their yeah. know their shit. They know their shit in different they ways. They do. They're both so. very passionate. Yes. Yeah. And they're they're and after such a couple of drinks, they're even more passionate, which I was, I love. I was just going to say, were drinks consumed or involved? In Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It was in between. Well, you know that you know the spot. It was the annex between the two, the t- the main hotel and the and the other tower. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Richard hangs out there and he he um he was just, he's just there. Richard is always there. If there's and, ever another QB Connect, that's my hangout at Three in the morning, you will find yeah. me between the towers, most likely with Richard Ropa, hanging yeah. out, talking crap about technology and about apps at three apps in the morning over drinks. In but morning, uh, in well, the last time we were there, um, the first year you, you guys weren't there, um, it was really bizarre because um, the Fairmont for the first out. time ever, we didn't have a bar. They shut down the bar. They're redoing it, and we had nowhere to real. There was. It was a good conference, but it lacked that cohesive central meeting place that, you know, that spot, because we all love being there together. We've all done it a million times. I can picture it right now, just talking about it. And uh, it wasn't there. So every night it was a struggle to find out where things were happening, what was going on, where to go. And it kind of took away from it a bit, nothing against into it. Obviously they couldn't prevent that, but Mm -hmm. it definitely was lacking. Well, the one night we were still staying there, but we were all staying over in the annex. We weren't staying in the main tower. And Andrew and I are coming home at our usual time, you know, late. And who do we run into? But Richard Ropa and Kelly Gonzalez. They're just sitting there having a smoke or whatever and, and a drink maybe. And they weren't even staying at the Fairmont. They, Richard just oh. wanted to be there so bad yeah. that there they were. And it was, it was, it was almost as if by magic, because it was our last night there. And I think Andrew and I were even talking about, yeah, you know, like, I, I miss hanging out with Richard till three. In the and morning. then there he was like, as if by magic, they materialized. And then we stayed up very late again and had some really great conversations, but yeah, I miss that part. Some you know, great the, the, relationships have, have formed from QuickBooks Connect. Absolutely. Yes. And it's well, here we are, we, right? we're, we're not able to travel and see each other. When, when does Australia open up their borders again? What's, what's, what's going Ooh, on over there? We're, if we're ever. Yeah. I mean, I've been in lockdown yeah. since 26th of June. So hence these gray hairs. <laughs> oh my God. What's that like? Is it driving you nuts? Um, it's look from a business perspective, you know, I mean, it doesn't affect me as much because I was always, I, I was doing remote virtual yeah. for a very long time. Um, but it, on the weekends, it's driving me nuts. It's kind of like, oh, I just want to get out. And I haven't so you seen literally it. can't leave your house? Um, we can leave within 5K kilometre radius. Right. So I can go to my local supermarket, hmm. buy food and, you know, all that stuff, groceries and things. Um, we got a new puppy last week and we couldn't I even saw that. Lily. <laughs> Lily, she's out there running. And he stalks all, all of our guests, so he knows everything about you that he didn't know. Really know. <laughs> And P.S., so, I love the post about the grandpa, like, looking down in the future. 
Um, and he's like, yeah, I don't remember it like that. I remember hanging out with friends in the picnics, yes. barbecues. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. hopefully there is some silver lining. I mean, you know, COVID for Brad and I, we, we lost weight and, you know, we're so fortunate to have been on this, you know, cloud accounting cycle before it was, before we needed mm-hmm. to. So, you know, COVID didn't affect my business. My business grew through COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you were able to, to transition, uh, yep. a flip of a switch, uh, if even a switch was required. So we're, you know, fortunate. And I think it's really important to, you know, take those moments of gratitude and find the little things in it, whether it's, you know, enjoying your local parks that you didn't realize, Hey, I have a great yeah. park in my neighborhood. And, you know, yeah. I know my community better than ever. Like I, I didn't really you say five kilometers. Now that's kind of, I could, I could live within five kilometers now, but I never went within five kilometers of my house before, unless it was going downtown to go networking or things like that. But I didn't really spend time in my community and I am now. So that's been a nice opportunity spending time on the, on the sidewalks and, and seeing, we got a few little ponds that I can walk around and, and everything. And that's been the good part of it. And now you know, we don't, life is kind of normal here, mm. even though cases are starting to pick up again, but we're, we're in kind of a conservative you- part of the country and people are like, you know, I don't want to wear a mask. I don't have to wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. So it doesn't even feel like a pandemic right now. Yeah. Do you have the and Delta strain? Has that hit your borders yet? Yeah. It's less in Canada than the U.S., but it's going to be everywhere now. It's a yeah. real problem so, in the yeah. U.S., it's yeah, a real problem. Strains. But because you might have, see, our vaccination rates were very low. Yeah. So that, that's uh, predominantly, that's the reason why we are in lockdown. We can't mm. fight the, the strain. You can't fight the COVID virus. It's there. It's, it's not going to go anywhere. But if we can have more people vaccinated, then I'd say the impact will be less. And it's, it becomes like the common flu. Yeah. Is so it a supply problem or a demand problem? Like, are people uh, not wanting it, or like? No, I, I don't think our government ordered enough. They, they, thought enough. they thought we were fine. You know, we were doing. And well. We're going to do the lockdown. We're going to shut our borders, and we're going to we're going to be fine. Yeah. So so now it's like playing a bit of a catch up game. So they're predicting hopefully by November. So eighth of November, schools go back. All schools will go back. So my son is at the moment homeschooling. And for him, it's just like, oh, fantastic. This is great. Like, yeah, I'm looking forward um, to seeing his friends. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, no. He's, no, he he's, likes he's, being he's home. driving in the home. He's, he's, my he's son did. Homeschooling. Um, as a parent, doesn't he, because I don't have to do a lot because he's independent. He's yeah. yeah, it's honestly, it's the mum I'm hungry three times a day and in between. All. <laughs> How old is your son? He'll be 14 on Tuesday. 14, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my it was sister's... hard on my son. It was hard on my son. He's um he's 16, first year of high okay. school. And mm-hmm. he really wanted to be around his friends. And um they would go to school, then they'd have to come home again. They'd go to school, have to come home again. And it was hard on him. Yeah. You know, he really needed to be around, but at least we had the opportunity to get him around people because I know Andrew. Um, you were homeschooled the whole time, right? The whole, the whole year? Um, With your son? We had, for the most part, we were. We did have some um, some in-schooling part uh, for a little bit. Uh, but uh, for the most part, we, like we went we, we went back for a bit and then it got canceled again. Um, so yeah. we didn't have that. That was the hard part is just getting into that routine. And families are struggling with that because, you know, yeah. take care of the kids. You know, well, maybe, my- yeah. My son is work. five, and so it was a lot different. So someone had to be helping him with the school, yeah. um, and you know, so that Feeding took him and you know a lot for my wife to to be able to help with that. And and there's a lot of families in that situation. And mm. unfortunately, my my daughter who was 12, absolutely fine. She was no problem at all. Um, you know, the only problem is that obviously she's. You know, if she she was probably going to be addicted to her device anyways, but yeah. you throw COVID in, and it's like, oh, it's unbelievable. She can't live without a phone or a tablet Same. or you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone's super hyper connected yeah. right now in many ways. Whereas yeah. I'm trying to pull away from it. I find I'm a bit overwhelmed by it, and I, 
you know, and I go, when I do leave the house, I listen to a podcast or I listen to music or sometimes I can listen to like live news or the radio, you know, these apps, you can listen to all kinds of but things. Imagine and I just don't do, want to be connected. Just but imagine if we, what would, this would have been like without having that connectivity. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, Stir crazy. I think I think it'd be very hard because the mental health issues that have come out of COVID have been extreme in many cases, and everyone's experiencing it in some form. So if you didn't have an outlet to communicate at all with the outside world, or like we keep saying to communicate with your clients, um, it would be brutal. It'd be really well, hard. And like I saw you did like a drinks night with your girlfriends the other night on our Friday night, which is like <laughs> So it's definitely not the same as like actually right but it is nice to at least have that and i remember when we yeah. were in lockdown yes. having friday night live to like come and hang out with brad and then you know hang out with people in the after show it does make a difference it's not the same right it's definitely um and i i remember how much i craved like human interaction and just being around people and energy and i can't imagine having been in lockdown for um, you know, as long as yes. you guys have had to, to be you, how much you guys must be craving being out there and conferences and networking and speaking and all those things that you can't do. Yeah. And I think that's what we miss. It's like, my life was pretty simple prior to COVID anyway. So I didn't have a very busy life outside of work, um, because I felt that weekends were just, I can relax, I can switch off. It's downtime. So I'm not doing that much different on the weekends. Um, it's just the fact that you, know, you, can, you can't socialize. If you, I love entertainment. So, so for me, um, you know, maybe twice a month I'd have people over and I'd entertain and I'd cook. So they're the things that, that I'm missing is, is the entertaining aspect. Yeah. But I have to be in the mood for that. Um, and there's no way I'm not even in that mood now. I think because we're all a little bit flat. Yeah. We're just, yeah. We're, we're, just, we're just flat and it's okay to be flat. Um, and I, I was listening to a podcast the other day about also um, oh, let, let, lethargy, not lethargy, not lethargy, lethargy. Yeah, lethargy, let, let, lethargy, not lethargy. It's being lethargic. lethargic. No, 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 not that oh. word. No. And What's it's another it's, one. It's another yep. word and it's about it's it's when you someone emails you and they're flat in their email that's what we're seeing a lot and I'm seeing it with a lot of people when we're conversing via email whether it's clients whether it's you know anyone there's a lot of flatness going around and it's yeah and that's the underlying signs of you know someone is feeling anxious um, depressed those things and we should be aware of that. So now when I see that in someone, I'll write back, are you okay? Like, you know, like I sense, and I will say it, I sense a bit of flatness in, in your response. And then they just let, they, they, you know, they tell you what's going on. It's like, well, do you want to get on a call? Let's, let's chat. So even if it's in an SMS, um, you, can, you can sense it. So you don't actually have to be with someone, just looking read through the texts and the emails and you see that there is a bit of flatness there's something going on and that's me <laughs> that, look, that's me too honestly yeah. that, that, that it's like almost an effort to get the message out you just want to do the bare minimum to say yeah you know yeah it's like even not have some fun even winning this award it was just like this is great okay. i should be really happy i should be really happy and i am and it's just like okay this is really nice I'll do my bit I'll you know and I'll try and be excited about it um but yeah it's just the, it's the reality so it is a reality and maybe uh and it's okay it's 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 fine to feel like this it's fine to it's okay feel, not to be okay it's okay yeah. not to be okay it's um and as busy as I am I'm st I still feel like I can be robotic sometimes and the best thing that I've ever done, and I think has been getting the, the puppy, really? because it's made me pull away. It's forced me to take a break, um, play with her. Walks. I, yeah, well, I can't take her for walks yet because she's still a puppy. She needs to be um, fully vaccinated. Uh, <laughs> um, not COVID vaccinated, <laughs> but yeah. But I think like that, stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, almost. She's got to get one more needle. So yeah, um, I think it's it, it's fine. We're all we're all in, and literally, I do believe our industry is all in this together because we were at the front line. We were trying to save and protect small business owners. We, you know, we took it personally if we couldn't help them, if we could see their business. And I think that has an impact on us. Absolutely. We were seeing it a lot of like, cause we, we absorb that mental energy of our clients, right? Yes. Even if you were ready and poised for COVID, your mm. clients may not have been and, and watching right. them struggle uh, is painful. It is. It certainly is. Even the ones that didn't struggle completely, but their plans, their, their growth plans were stifled and, and put on hold. So they had invested a lot. I know that time. feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I came into 2020 just so optimistic and excited and, and everything. And then it just screeching halt in March. It was just, yeah. It was definitely a defining moment. So I, I get that because I'm not a traditional practice like like a lot of our friends out there are. I really am a small business. I do consulting, the software side of things and definitely feel a lot of that. And it's it's been a challenge. It's uh, something that, you know, I know I can get through and like everyone else, it's, it, hasn't, it hasn't killed me yet, but yeah. uh, it's been tough. Like it's definitely tough. So when I have clients call me up, that have similar struggles, I find I'm a much more empathetic and much better at listening how I can help you and show a bit of, you know, interest, a lot more interest in them and how, and how I can help them out and get through this because that's why people come to me, right? They, they want to go from a desktop platform. They want to get to the, Whoop, just lost my, uh, my audio there. Um, they want to get to the cloud. They want the technology. They want to get converted. They want to do all these things they've been meaning to do for years and they might've waited too late and now they want to do it. So, you know, that part of it is fun because, yeah. you know, I get energy from them as they see what we've seen for years, these new tools that they get to use to help them run their businesses more effective. And they're like, I wish I did this earlier. And, and a lot of them have said, I wish I did this before the pandemic. Yes. For that very reason, because they, they feel that their businesses would have been further ahead had they prepared for it. And they just kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. So um, it, yeah. what's fun about where we all play is that we are at that, you guys mentioned being at the forefront of helping mm -hmm. out our clients through the stuff that I don't do, but I've been watching, you know, the people in my Facebook group and everyone in my community, helping people through all the different um incentive or the programs out there the government programs and and, and everything and, and it's been it's been inspiring to watch because we have really been um you know um front line in the in the middle of all this and we really are those um <laughs> the word is escaping me uh, essential workers essential worker. yes yeah, i know a term that comes up and yeah. um so so that part of it but you know it's I always look at the pandemic from a philosophical point of view that we will look back when it is finally over and go, wow, that was tough, but we're going to be able to look in front of us and go, yeah, but look what we got because of it, or look what we've evolved into, or look what this happened here and there. And that happens in, yeah. in pandemics yeah. is that it kind of, it's, it's like, you know, fire is terrible, but fire is actually good too, because it gets rid of the underbrush and the, and stuff like that. And that's kind of what pandemics have done to society through the years is that, you know, we've, we've used this, this term in the past is that the pandemic hasn't changed things. It's accelerated change in that if you were heading down a certain path, and it's not necessarily the best path. Let's say you want to stay in bricks and mortar and your business started dropping off, but you're just stuck to what you knew and you didn't think you should go into e-commerce because you didn't want to. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and it's too late, but you weren't making the move and you just accelerated your own demise. That's yeah. happened in the retail sector, a lot of different areas where businesses didn't modernize years ago or they just didn't have a very futuristic view of their own business and they've, they've, they disappeared because of it. Whereas the people that were headed that way, it really leapfrog, like they got to excel, it accelerated them into a better position. There's a lot of businesses out there 
that are kicking ass in this pandemic. Andrew, you're doing great. I know tons of people. Yeah. Lilette, I'm sure you're doing awesome too, because you know, you're in that space, but even non-accounting, there's a lot of businesses out there. I've got phone calls from some unusual businesses and they're saying, oh, I'm so busy. I don't know what to do. And they tell you what they do. And it's like, okay, I can see how, how, that, how that would be really big in the pandemic, you know, like recreational activities, outdoor, we can go further than five kilometers. So Andrew and I were just talking offline. He's trying to get himself, I don't know what you call them in Australia. We call them RVs up here. I think they're called campers in Europe. Caravans, campus. A caravan, there you go. Uh, Andrew's been waiting for one for how long, Andrew? You're getting in October? You've been waiting it's for February. one. Yeah. <laughs> Normally you could just walk in and month, buy one month, off the lot. Yeah, you just can't do that, because, right? Is that because you can travel anywhere with your RV? In the states and in Canada, and is is that why I want it, or yeah, is that why that, they're in such demand? Is that why they're in demand? Well, yeah. yeah, you can pretty much go anywhere. In many people just rather than in Canada sheltering in place, now they can shelter in place out in the mountains or next to a river or at the lake or mm-hmm. you know wherever they just See, call I, their. I'm more of a five star. I'd, I'd want to have. <laughs> but that's the thing I'm about a camper is it's camping. With all the luxuries. All the luxuries. And, you know, Andrew's going to have gadgets everywhere. You've got coffee. You've got USBs everywhere. So you can plug everything in. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't have any. They're pretty luxurious, those things. (laughs) But, you know, it's just that people have wanted to get outdoors. I mean, I live here in Western Canada. Uh, We're, you know, uh, less than an hour from the closest mountain ranges. And everyone is out there right now. The trailheads are way busier than they used to be, which yeah. has a bit of a negative um, side effect in that there's a lot of people out there, first of all, that have never really hiked before. So they don't have an appreciation for it in that they just drop their garbage and, you know, they let leave their dog poop uh, at the side. They don't just don't care because they don't understand there's a certain etiquette that goes with camping. I mean, uh, hiking. But also, it's just the sheer number of people out there. It's busier. the The trailheads are busier. It's harder to find a place to oh, park. Parks, even just the like, like my local small park is busier than I've ever seen it. Which is like, it's a blessing to see people using uh, the great park systems that we have in Canada. Because one of the the great things that we do, which I assume is very similar in Australia, not having been, I don't know, but I would imagine you guys have an amazing park system as well. Um, and see people finally taking advantage of that and using that. But unfortunately, there's always that one bad apple that seems to spoil well, it. Bad group that seems to spoil it for everyone. Yeah. So at the moment, yeah. no, we're not allowed to even walk in crowds or hang out in crowds. So when I go for my walks, I get, it actually makes me more upset because I see these groups of people having picnics and, and we're not allowed. You're only allowed to have, you know, a walking companion moment. So many people are just oblivious and, and do their, you know, do their own thing. And you dare not say anything because, you know, you you don't want to be that person, right? (laughs) Well, and also they might be get aggressive and because usually the people who are like, fuck the rules are the type to get up in your face. Twice I have said something and twice I have been abused. So there you go. You regretted it both times, didn't you? Uh, well, yeah, because what's yeah. the point? You know, because it's that that person knows they're doing something wrong. They, they know it and hence they're going to abuse you. So yeah. you're going to retaliate. So They're going to no get point. defensive and aggressive. Yeah, so there's, there's no point. Um, it's not like they're, they're naive. They're not. They know and... it's a freedom thing right people are like you're not taking my freedom away you can't tell me what to do you're not the boss of me and that's been the hard part i think that that i that i've taken from the pandemic is that you know i have so many wonderful friends in this world and i'm so fortunate and blessed and there's still wonderful friends out there but i've learned that people and humanity in general there's a lot of really ignorant people out there that i just don't even (laughs) want to be around certain people well, what i realized right? it's not it's not even ignorance it's narcissism yes mm-hmm. it is narcissism that's really it's what all about is. me 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 i don't care about the other guy yeah and for somebody who cares about the other guy that's just the way i've always been that's why when i go into a community with you guys we don't go there for our own selfish reasons we just go to to 
enrich the lives of the people around us, but get that back from them too. We're a very giving community. And, mm. and to me, that's what community is all about is doing things for other people, doing nice things. And, and, and I'm not seeing as much of that in society right now. And that's hard to take sometimes is, is watching it. And some of the ugliness that comes of it. You just mentioned, Lilette, you, you tried to do the right thing and you got shit on both times. Yeah. And that's yeah. just not, that's just not, but I know what you're saying because um, I've just, I don't even bother saying anything. In fact, I've become almost antisocial when I'm out there. When I see somebody coming my way, I either look down at my, I look down or I just cross the street and, and avoid yeah. them because I just I know. don't know what it, going to be and it's too. i put my head in my phone pretending i'm changing my music or something but i think <laughs> like, that, yeah. that sucks that they're taking that away from us right and i don't i think we have to fight that urge to put our heads down and we got to hold our heads up high and know that we're doing the right things um and and you know maybe you don't say something but you can sure damn cast a good cut eye right <laughs> oh i do yeah. i do and that's enough to Again, that's enough for them to look at me and go, what are you staring at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've rolled my eyes a few times and got, got I'll, some stairs. I'll take my sunnies off and do it like so they can see. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it'll, human nature is what it is. I think it just kind of, it's always been there. We just don't really notice it because we just ignore it. Now it's just more prominent. It's a little more vocal. It's a vocal minority is really what it is because the reality is the majority of people out there are trying to do the right thing and get through this. And we're, we're listening to the science behind it. And yeah, you can be, you can be, you can question it, but just there's contrarian people out there that just won't do it because yeah. you can't tell me what to do because you're the government and you can't tell me what to do. So I'm not going to, and that just doesn't make sense to me. And that's part of society right now has me impatient yeah. let's say <laughs> i don't know if i want to see those people we're always going to have those people and we probably had them yes. in the early years when you know the the rubella the, the measles all those vaccines but we didn't have social media to give them a platform yes so exactly. now we have social media and it gives these people a, a platform to amplify their narcissistic behavior as well so um, I think it's just one of those things where it's like they say, never discuss politics or religion at a dinner party. It's like you don't discuss vaccinations, pro or, you know. Yeah, isn't that, isn't yeah. that the truth? But I always discuss the things you shouldn't discuss because that's, that's when it gets fun. <laughs> As I was saying that, I was thinking. <laughs> I've never got political, Andrew. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm Canadian, Lilette, obviously you know that, but during the U.S. election last year, I was, it was an interesting election. I mean, it was, yeah. there's a lot to it. And I, I found like I was watching a, a mini series or yeah. a documentary or, and you know, what's the next episode going to be like every day, and, you know, yeah. go to social, go to, so. You know, I'm, I'm putting it out there right now. I would love to have an educated, articulate anti-vaxxer on the show. And I'd love to debate with him his whole rationale for or her or her. Good luck rationale. with that. Good luck with that. Yeah, I, but the problem is that there aren't any articulate, educated anti-vaxxers <laughs> um, Even the ones who think they are, I like, um, I've become a little bit addicted to TikTok uh, thanks to my 12 year old daughter. <laughs> Um, and there's some like they 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 um, they do these ones where they're they're like uh, they, it's called a duo, uh, I think that's what it's called where they have they're basically commenting on the other other person's video, and you have these like anti-vaxxers who are like going on quoting all the science, and then you have the doctors going no 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 this this <laughs> like you just have that, and what it is is what's so funny is that they have like a half fact, like they've taken a fact but then got it wrong. <laughs> oh. So, which is really interesting. Uh, Cause so I love seeing that when you have like- They've that. diluted the truth. They've diluted the truth. They've completely diluted the truth. And well, then- That's what misinformation often is, is they take a nugget of truth and then you can add and subtract and decide, come to your own conclusions. And that's been the, that's been the challenge. And well, you're it right, also makes that, it sound really authentic and real, right? Yeah, and of that, course, and, especially and if you have about rap. enzymes and DNA and, yeah. and the doctor's like, yeah, no, no that's not how it, it's, and yet I'm going, okay, sure. That sounds real. Yeah. yeah. That sounds legit. 
but yeah, social media is such a, is such a double-edged sword because it's wonderful in many ways, Yeah. but it's such a curse in other ways. Like, you know, we were talking politics earlier. I'm, we have a local election coming up. Um, well, actually we have a federal, uh, federal. Election, so Canada wide, but we also have a local one city of Calgary and I'm sort of involved in that one. Um, and social media is really a nasty little tool out there right now because you know it's it's you can use twitter and you can use facebook but you also have trolls out there that they're they don't have your views and they don't want to support your candidate and they decide they're going to be mean about it so they can hide behind their keyboards and it really does get very amplified and it's like anything else right when you have your opinions you're going to use all the tools at your disposal to get it out there it's a heck of a lot easier to use twitter or facebook or instagram or tiktok to get your point across than it would be in the old days when you just had to sit down over a beer and talk it out yeah because you've got all this content you can throw at them and one thing though that is really interesting though because i've actually been doing a little bit of political work political lobbying um, lately. And, and so I'm, I'm very naive. I'm, I'm learning as I'm going. Um, but it's interesting to see how the politicians react to you based on the size of your social media. You get a very, like, you get a very different impression once they hear you have, you know, 60,000 followers, 200,000 followers, uh, which is really interesting to, to realize that some of us like yourselves who have built a voice in our communities, that that carries weight with our politicians and that gives mm-hmm. us an opportunity to actually step up for, for these issues that we think are important. Right. Like, and, and I think that there, this gives us the, a platform in a way that we haven't been able to, to do. And um, I remember um, sitting, I, I went to a dinner um, with Al Gore um, when I was actually um, going through a green phase of my life um, and I got to what, have, was this before or after he was vice president? This was after. Um, and, um, and so I was, um, I was lucky to, it was through Jim Harris, who's been on the show before yeah, he Jim's was able to get guy. me an invite to this dinner. Um, and I got to ask him one question. Um, and he had actually wrote, written his dissertation in university, um, on the power of television on, uh, on, on elections and, and politics. And so I asked him, I'd say, what would be your you know, dissertation now about if you were to talk about social media? And he said, well, social <laughs> television gave a voice to the politicians and social media has given a voice to everyone to the, else. To yeah. the voters. And, and I think that it's, it's what often happens, people don't realize that the power that they do have to make an impact on what our politicians are going to choose as their platforms of choice. Because basically they're going to come up with a platform and an agenda that they think is going to get them into office. Mm -hmm. And we have an opportunity to tell them what's important to us via social media. Um, And like, I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, a lot of accountants and I'm sure it's in the same in Australia and Canada and, and the U S tend to err on the side of conservatism because you know we 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 want less taxes, right? That's that's a big factor, right? So we're looking for a lazy. Well, it's a part of our training as well. It's, it's being it's conservative part of our, is our, part of accounting, right? It's it's not being overly aggressive and overly and, forward and and too rosy. It's setting back. So that's just his, the way we are. Historically, conservatives have not been very good about the environment. You know, uh, at, at least not in Canada. Um, and we're now giving an opportunity to let. The, the, the politicians know that even to conservatives, that the environment has to be an important factor for anyone who's coming into office. Um, and, and I think that, you know, like there was this post out there that I, I shared la- after on the after show last week, that Canada, who has virtually no military whatsoever, is, has allocated $72 billion uh, for a bunch of fighter plants. Um, that are nine hundred million dollars each. What wow. the fuck do we need fighter planes for, right? And there was this kid who's out there on social media, like, "P.S. Those planes are being built uh, outside of Canada. I can't remember where, but Some there's the a US, plane probably. in the U.S. probably, but I don't, I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, there's a plane, a water bomber, 
that PS, we have like raging wildfires out West right now um, that costs 72 million as opposed to $900 million a piece that are made in Canada that would create jobs for Canada. So why aren't we reallocating that budget from military that we don't really need because we don't have much of an air force, right? To what something that we do need which is water bombers for our own country, which PS also becomes a whole nother opportunity for us to help out the rest of the world who quite frankly, in global warming, we know that these forest fires are only gonna escalate, right? And so we need to tell our politicians, we want them spending money on water bombers, not fighter jets. That's a, that's a great point. It seems it's like uh, stupidity is a prerequisite to become a politician. Like, and it's a global thing too. It's a this that's a that's a pandemic on its own. Now, well, Andrew, you met you mentioned earlier about having lots of followers. Obviously, um, uh, Lilette, I'm actually on a different Twitter handle now because I lost my I account. Know. Twitter finally got back to me a year later with the most bullshit reason why they took my account. Oh, away. they finally got back to you. Oh, it was they so lame. It was like it. a form letter, and it and it ended with we consider this the end of discussion and will not respond ever again or something like that. I was like, screw you. But the, re- the reality was, I was, I was disruptive on social media during the election, but I was a hell of a lot more tame than a lot of other people. So anyways, my follower accounts way lower now, but um, in this local election, I have actually, we, we have five candidates running locally here in my district called the ward Mm-hmm. And one of them is, a, is, is, I don't even know how to describe him. Um, he's bombastic. He's closed-minded. He doesn't care what anyone else thinks. He sounds like a former U.S. president. I don't want to trigger anyone out there, Will Lopez. But he's very Trumpy in a way. Mm-hmm. And, but he's just not the sort of person that we need for our local community here. We had this guy in before who was a personal friend he's a wonderful human being he's got a lot of um, integrity he works really hard he's a great guy and that's what i'm hoping we'll get in so i just took it upon myself to start stirring things up with the, the one guy who i don't want instead of supporting one of the other four candidates and mm-hmm. no one had a clue who i was but because i know how to use twitter and i know how to engage I quickly got the attention of this candidate and his lawyers and his followers. And um, the other four candidates are all beating down my door saying, hey, you want to come work for for me? And I'm like, look, here's the deal. I will not campaign for any one um, candidate. I want to actually campaign against one. So if you guys want to help me out, have at it. So I've got these three of the four um, candidates are all helping me trip up their guy so they don't have to do it that's and, a great question well it's it's, it's just the others <laughs> yeah it's just but yeah. it's because that we've been able to do it you know we've been able to find our voice um mm-hmm. on social and that's the, the you know we're all very engaged socially um we see each other at a conference for a few days but we keep in touch because we see each other on facebook and twitter and all those things so as much as i'm cynical about social media at times it's such a powerful tool to keep in touch to communicate your message we're doing it right now or like zoom to me is a social media platform almost um and we're 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 you know simulcasting to facebook so other people can watch it uh, so that part of it's been kind of fun. And, and you know, I'm meeting people um, that I didn't know before because, you know, everyone has a vested interest in politics. And I credit it, a lot of it is to going to conferences, live tweeting at conferences, um, doing what we do when we go to these conferences. So that part of it has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I forgot about, you know, you're, you're actually right. When you think about we're encouraged, like QuickBooks always encouraged us to tweet, you know, because we're yeah. a part of that social, what we, social media, the social media core. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with my confidence now into tweet what I want to say without, you know, people can tell when I've tweeted something and I've given it thought because I haven't said what I really want to say. Um but yeah, I use tw- I use Twitter as as a platform for me to. I do a lot of I tweet a lot about small business, 
Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but I do. Like if I, you know, if small business does something stupid. You've got, you've always had good content and consistent content. If I don't have nothing to say, I'm sorry, but I'm just not going to retweet and tweet for the sake of it. It's not, it's for me, you know, that Avalira top 100, it's great, but it's never been a strategy of mine to get to that. You know, it just happened. I did well before I lost my account. Now I just gave up. I know. <laughs> I know. I've dropped. So I have. I've oh, I, I'm not even registered with my new handle. I get all the emails telling me who the top 100s are. I don't even look at yeah. them anymore. Yeah. Well, it's not the same without a live event. Like to me, it was always oh. about, it was about yeah. live events for me. And yeah. for me, I wasn't as thoughtful as you. I had a lot of typos in mind. I was like typing away like 50 tweets. Oh, no, it's not the type. It's more the, okay, is this going to offend anyone? Because I don't mean to. So how can I say it without? And I was getting into a lot of trouble because I was, people thought that I was always saying accountants are bad and bookkeepers are great, you know, and it was never about that. It was just painting the obvious. <laughs> Some accounts are bad. we are bad though no 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 it wasn't it definitely wasn't um because my closest friends and the people that i trust the most are are accountants and and tax agents and cpas and ca so it's definitely not that it was more my experience and uh, and unfortunately fortunately the ones that i deal with who are who are bad aren't in my circle anyway (laughs) so all the good ones are in my circle. So it was never about painting the picture that they were bad. It was just, um, you know, some of the ones that I had to deal with. And it was just like, you are not supporting the small business client here by doing what you do. I think COVID has now changed that and it's shined a light onto all the bad ones because small businesses are going, well, if my accountant had kept me up to date... I'd be able to get these grants straight away. If my accountant had guided me properly, I would have been able to get these things. So this is, I think, I don't think we need to have that conversation anymore. I think it's just happened organically because of COVID. People, the business community is seeing, is also seeing where where the bookkeeper brings a lot of value as well to their business because they're so close to the numbers. And a good accountant will also be close to the numbers as well, I think. So I know we've gone on a three, you know, a different tangent. Yeah, well, and it, it sort of That's what we do on Fridays. And the training yeah. that you're doing and, you know, the, the certification and, and how important that is to make sure that they've got the qualification and the skills, right? But it's, it's so interesting to hear that internationally there is always, there's always, you know, seems to be that bit of that conflict between bookkeepers uh, and accountants. I personally have, have never really felt that. I've, I've always felt that, you know, I've been so amazed by some of the bookkeepers in our community who have really yes. led and done things that are outstanding. And, yeah. um, you know, I've never personally thought any less of someone as a bookkeeper versus an accountant. But, no, you know, not at all. In fact, the opposite. I've been more in fact, inspired you know, in many by ways, the bookkeepers. They, they're, they're more leading edge uh, mm-hmm. in many ways. They're more um, open to change. They're more in touch with the clients because they're dealing with the numbers on a, on a, on a monthly or even a weekly basis. Uh, whereas yeah. the accountants in many situations are dealing with them on an annual basis. Um, and, but I think there's great accountants out there too. And I think everyone's accountants. Yeah. And they do. Yes. Amazing yeah. yeah. And they can do everything. They yeah. can do the keeping, they can do the tax, they can do the, the IT, the, the kind of the integrations, they're brilliant. So there's good and bad in everyone. And it's just trying to get the trying to get the ones that are at that that lower level, bring them up here. Whether that's an accountant or a bookkeeper, it's it's yeah. the whole industry. I call it the 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 supply chain in the in the accounting profession. We all have a part yeah. to play and we just need to respect Agreed. each other's part and some you know some clients don't need to have two parts, they only need one part. But if they need two parts, both people in that supply chain need to respect each other and work cohesively together. And on that note, we are at time. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. It just time flies when you're having fun. And, but uh, we're off next week, right, Brad? But we, yeah, we, it's a Labor Day long weekend. So we're going to take the weekend off, but on uh, September 10th, the following Friday, we have a special guest in Joe Woodard. Um, 
Anyway. Everyone knows Joe Woodard. Uh, Scaling New oh. Heights is coming up soon, and that's his big, big conference, and Andrew's going to be there. So um, we're going to talk Scaling New Heights, and we might have another uh, a special guest host. We won't say who that is yet. but Because uh, he hasn't confirmed. <laughs> he hasn't confirmed. So it's a he. Yeah. So it'll be a it'll be yeah it'll be a big sausage fest that, that night. Bad. It'll be the guys. Okay, I'll I'll tell everyone. It, it's uh, some guy. Um, let me think. His name is uh, Hector Garcia. Yeah, oh, Hector. Where's he going? Yeah. Tell him I said hello. We, we will if we catch him. I haven't, I haven't chatted with him in a while. He's been he's been he's busy. a busy beaver. He just never stops. That guy. He's got yeah. so many irons in the fire. But if you want to hear about it. Come hang out with us on the after show. And we'll it's Saturday afternoon for you. Yeah, you can hang out with Joe and and uh, Hector and Andrew and and possibly me. And, yeah, uh, we'll 